0: Okay, um, hello. Thank you for your time. I will get started and say hi. I'm Sonia Jean Killebrew, and this is an oral history project Black America in COVID. I'll say why I started this podcast. During Black History Month of 2022, I wanted to provide a space for Black Americans to share their stories about living, working, and going to school during the COVID 19 pandemic. And I also wanted to provide a space to memorialize the black Americans who sadly lost their life either to COVID-19 or just passed away during the pandemic. And I was inspired by the work of Zora Neil Hurston who was an anthropologist and an author and she recorded the experiences of black Americans in their own voices. My goal is to get my recordings into the museums, such as the Smithsonian Museum of African-American History and Culture. And I'll just share a little bit about me. I am a Black American, I'm a writer, I'm a teacher. My dad was African-American and indigenous American, and my mom is Jamaican-American. I'm a fourth generation teacher. My mom is a retired New York City teacher. My grandmother was a teacher in 20, for 20 years in Jamaica. And then when she moved to New York City, she taught for 20 more years. And I learned from my mom that my great-grandmother was a teacher in Jamaica. She was the daughter of an Irish woman and a Black man. And she taught until she got married. And then she stopped working because it was considered inappropriate for married women to work in the late 1800s which I find ironic because my mom started teaching after she got married in the late 1900s. I think she started teaching in the 1980s. So without further ado, I'm really excited to speak to a friend. Actually, she's um, my triplet. So I am a twin <laughs> and she has the same birthday as my twin. She and my twin sister went to college together. So please tell us your name and where you're from.
1: Hi, my name is Serena Robinson. I am from the Atlanta area and um, I was raised in Virginia primarily.
0: Thank you, Serena. Thank you for your time. Um, You're welcome. And do you identify as Black or African American?
1: I identify as Black.
0: Thank you. And what was your experience living and working? in 2020 and 2021, during the pandemic, 2020
1: and 2021 were challenging. Yet, um, I was going through, you know, a change in my life. Um, in the midst of that time, I graduated with my master's. Um, so, I just had a lot of change that was taking place. are you there yes i'm here sorry i was getting oh, a phone call thinking. i apologize
0: <laughs> oh, no, that's fine I just, I just want to make sure that the computer didn't like drop or anything my computer mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: okay and so were you teaching in person prior to the pandemic I'm sorry not teaching were you working in person before the pandemic and then did you begin working from home
1: Well, in 2019, I had um, a few major changes take place in my life. Um, I got a divorce. I moved from Virginia back to Georgia and I was unemployed. Um, So when I left Virginia, um, I was no longer working. I was focused on getting my home that, that I had here in Georgia, kind of renovated and up to standards, I had to move in with my little sister for four months, whom I've never lived with. Um, <laughs> so I went through a lot of changes um, during COVID, um, like I stated earlier. So yeah, it was it, there was a lot going on, and then um, I had to wrap up my graduate degree um, actually in twenty twenty one. So there was a lot there was there was a lot on my plate.
0: And what was it like going to school? Were you going to school online for your classes? Yes. Yeah. What mm-hmm. was that like for you? Um,
1: the online experience was, you know, very different than my undergrad. Um, it was. It was a little frightening um, because you know we're, we're not in our twenties and thirties <laughs> anymore, are we? <laughs> but um, so just to be able to switch. The brain to be able to learn um, in, in that capacity um, was a little bit of a transition, but um, it was very doable. I think it's a great choice for um, working adults, um, single mothers, which I had become, and just with people with, you know, just life happening. I think it's a great option. Oh,
0: that's right. Yeah, since you were able to be at home with your daughter and. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Was your your daughter also going to school online in 2020 and 2021?
1: Let's see. She was in school 2019, 2020, that whole school year, she was home and then she returned back to school in 2021. um, with of the partial year, just because I just felt like she needed the she needed the interaction. She needed the social interaction. She needed to be with her peers um, and we need a space apart because we had literally been together 24 hours a day, nonstop since 2019. So it was, um, she needed a break and and so did I.
0: What was the day like for you, like a a weekday, like in the morning and afternoon in terms of going to school and help her go to school and, and cooking meals? Can you just describe a 12 hour day for us?
1: Sure. Um, in the early days of COVID, it was a little more hectic because, you know, it was so new. So I think everyone was, or at least the people that I knew for the most part, were really being overzealous about, you know, safety, safety protocols, you know, you know, taking multiple showers a day if you went out in public. Um, so, you know, we would start our day, we would log in um we would get breakfast we would log in and I would be in the general area just to make sure that she was on task um because I think yeah in 2020 2021 she was in the first grade so it was you know their five six year old attention span it was very difficult for them to go to school online um, so I had to be near, so I really wasn't able to get a lot of my work done. I could do like the kind of meaningless, the kind of mindless things that I had to do that didn't take a lot of concentration because I was really focused on her. Um, and then I would get up, and we would have our schedule on the wall. So it was—it was a lot about scheduling, still trying to keep that structure for her that she would have normally in school. That you teachers do such an amazing job at. Shout out to the teachers. Um, definitely not my given talent. I don't have the patience. Um, <laughs> so we would just still have our normal day and then we would have our lunch time, and then we would have our outside time. That is one thing that I really focused on, just making sure that she did go out. She was able to go outside every single day, weather pending, of course, and play, whether we kicked the ball around or ran up and down the street or up and down the driveway, whatever. I, I made sure that she had some outside time because, you know, we really enjoy nature. And so we know how important that is kind of just to have that you know, the the sun on your face, because um, it'll really kind of wake you up and give you that vitamin D that you may be deficient of by staying in the house so you know so much. Um, when school was over, I made sure that she had, you know, whatever extracurricular activities at school they were still providing, so like a reading club, um, they called it reading bowl, so she would do that, and then we had online all- um so anything kind of to give her a break in her day to let her see other people let her interact with other um, kids and other people other than myself you know that was really my focus and then we would you know most times make dinner together or let her have free time and then hopefully do a little reading bath and then bed and then we do it all all over again the next day.
0: Wow was it hard for her to learn how to like log into class and did she like learn it pretty quickly?
1: You know, these kids, Sonia, are, are, are <laughs> technologically brilliant, um, much much more than myself. But um, I don't think it was hard for her to log in, but it was hard for her to, to maintain her concentration. Um, because at that point, you know, I didn't think that I needed to have all of the blockers on the computer. So she was like not in class and was on YouTube you know? <laughs> she knows I, do that. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. She's been going on YouTube. since she was like three. Oh. These kids are like next level. Um, so, you know, she's so I just had to, you know, make sure I put all the parental blockers on there and do it, in, you know, with a certain time parameters. That's who was calling earlier in the call because her phone was restricted. So she was calling to have me unlock her phone um <laughs> really? so really yeah yeah because I don't know my daughter to have you know free reign she doesn't have access to the internet because it's too scary right um in my personal opinion at eight years old right. um she doesn't have access to the regular YouTube um only kids YouTube so there's there's so many different parental parameters that I have you know enforced for her safety and security
0: That's so smart. So, were her classes still forty-five minutes or however long they are at that age?
1: I mean, she had a full seven-day, a seven-hour school day. Wow! Wow! So, literally, can you? I mean, right? Can you imagine? There's no way that I, even at forty-two, almost forty-three years old, could sit at a computer for seven hours. Yes. I just couldn't.
0: In the first grade. Wow.
1: In the first grade. So, I mean, it's just, it's just unbelievable of how how I think the educators and school board really didn't um, maybe consult with mental health clinicians, (laughs) but they soon found out that this is not conducive. Like this is, this is not going to work. It just isn't. So I had to get her the blue light glasses because then I was concerned about her eyes.
0: Mm -hmm. You know, there
1: hasn't been enough scientific research on how all of this blue light and screen time affects a child's mind, in my personal opinion. Mm -hmm. So all of that was a concern as a helicopter mom. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it was just a lot to be considered. And so I was just worried about her overall holistic welfare.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. A lot of people, Mm -hmm. I didn't get around to buying blue light glasses because I have a prescription, but I know a lot of people did and they said it made a big difference. Oh yeah. Yeah. Wow, so you finished
1: school. Did they have a graduation for you? They did. It was so nice. It was like a huge PowerPoint and they, you could send in a picture and then they will put your picture up with your name and what you graduated in. So it was, it was virtual. My parents logged in. Um, <laughs> so it was, um, yeah, not what I expected. But I wasn't going to spend, you know, a couple hundred or you know, a couple hundred or a couple thousand dollars to go and walk across the stage. I've already been there, done that. I'm not, I'm not spending any more money with that school. But, um, you know, it was a great accomplishment. You know, I say, you know, my daughter and I graduated because without her support and her ability to give me mommy time, it would have never happened.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Wow.
0: Well, I love mm-hmm. that. So now that you're working as a Family therapist?
1: Mm-hmm. It- Marriage and family therapist. therapist?
0: Mm-hmm. Is it still online or are you in person?
1: It is still online. Um, COVID, as COVID continues, we continue um, developing the telehealth platform in mental health. And I think that it's you know very useful and very helpful for a lot of people. It's a little more challenging with the children. Um, so typically all of my children, I do, um, video, um, or I also do an adolescent program through the state, which is still mostly or primarily face-to-face. So, um, I do have some face-to-face interaction.
0: Oh, do you Mm -hmm. wear a mask or is everyone maskless in Georgia now?
1: I, I wear, I wear two masks. Okay. okay. <laughs> I have two masks, I have hand sanitizer, you know, Lysol spray, just, yeah, I overdo it. But, um, you know, I just don't want to bring any ickies home. So yeah. it's always a constant, you know, concern in the back of my head. I want to help and support my clients in the best way that I can, but also have to look out for my family. So, yeah, we, we make it work. So everyone's happy. We make it work.
0: And in terms of uh, groceries, do you order groceries or have you been going to the grocery store?
1: Um here recently I've been going to the grocery store and the height of COVID with its you know various highs and lows, I, I have ordered groceries from, you know, Walmart, from Sam's, and I just had to put it, you know, put it in the trunk. And that's been I think that's a great service. I think that will continue even, you know, once we get a COVID out of here. Um So we're just hoping, praying and wishing and crossing our fingers and toes on that. Um, Yeah, so I've I've tried a few different um, avenues. I've even ordered groceries for my mom via Instacart, you know, Mm -hmm. in South Carolina. So there's a lot of new, you know, here we go with technology again. Thank goodness for the technology because it's been very helpful,
0: especially during this time.
1: Mm So you're
0: talking about ordering it and then you go to the parking lot and they bring it out to your trunk?
1: Yes, that's what I did. But I actually physically ordered online, Instacart. So mm-hmm. you, it's, you know, it's where the other people you put put in your order, someone else goes and th- does the shopping for you, and they drop it off on your doorstep. Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. For your. So mom. I did.
1: Yeah, I did that for my mom. Lives State. That. that was yeah. So new.
0: I never ordered groceries before because being in New York, I was like, I'll just go to the grocery store. But right. right but with COVID it's like we don't want to accidentally expose ourselves and and in 2020 we we just didn't know how um that's how contagious it was it was a very scary time like I had a lot of anxiety like were you always worried about catching the virus or or were you just like chill or how were you
1: no I was I was very nervous Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was very nervous about catching the virus um For my family and friends though, I think the worst kind of period was just this past year after Christmas. I mean, literally almost all of my primary family members, they all had COVID. I mean, it was just, it was unreal. Cause I think that we were, we began to get a little lax um, just out of the sheer, you know, feeling of, of being lonely. And wanting to connect with family and friends and loved ones um, and a lot of people got together on Christmas and, and I was part of that and, um luckily I didn't feel sick I wasn't sick as far as I know but you know we have a, <laughs> a symptom, um, asymptomatic kind of situation as well yeah but my dad was sick like there was like five or six people from the the Christmas dinner I went to that were ill Right after this past oh, Christmas, and then my mom got it and this, you know, out of state because my sister and her son got it and gave it to her. It was just like a revolving door of COVID. It was just it was terrible.
0: Wow. Do they have mild yeah,
1: everyone's doing well though? Thank goodness. Yeah. They made it, you know. It varied. It really it, it varied. You know, for the most part, I would say in the greater scheme of things, it was mild. Mm -hmm. um you know no one had to be hospitalized but i did have you know first cousins who who did they had to be hospitalized i had a cousin who you know that first round of covid 2020 she was sick for like 50 days wow yeah so it was constantly you know texting and sending out different kind of like you know holistic this and that (laughs) um so people could always count on me for that. But um, you know, it was just I dropped groceries off for for one cousin that lived locally um because she has three, you know, younger girls mm-hmm. and one of them never tested positive and the, uh, the other two tested positive but they were asymptomatic and they had zero symptoms and their mother had to be hospitalized on like two different occasions. So it was just like it just it made no sense and she's younger than I am. Wow. It, it just, there was no rhyme or reason to it. And I think for me, that was the scariest part because we really didn't fully have a, you know, I didn't feel like we ever got our, our full arms around it just in terms of understanding how you could get it. I mean, we knew how we could get it, but
0: mm-hmm.
1: even people who took the most precautions, they still got sick, even the healthiest of people. Um, I mean, like marathon runners, which I am definitely not, People who eat organic, people who right. you know are vegetarians who are vegans, just here one day, gone the next. Yeah. So it, it, you know, is that I think for me, that's what really was the foundation of the fear around yeah. COVID for, for our community, especially.
0: I remember that. Yeah, like people who are athletes, very healthy. Mm-hmm getting COVID and I was I was shocked because I thought if you're healthy, then you're not gonna get it. But so, I mean, hundreds of thousands of Americans got it. Yeah. Yeah. Thankfully, you're, you're well, and as far as you know, like you have- Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, I thank goodness. Mm-hmm.
0: And oh, and then my last question is, um, did you lose anyone to COVID? And would you like to share a story about them?
1: i didn't directly lose anyone but i knew a lot of people um just because i guess for the nature of the business that i'm in and mental health um, being a therapist you know i talked to people all day and i mean there there wasn't a week where someone in within my my caseload didn't lose someone so i was constantly reminded of you know, the fragility of life, uh, you know, as it w- involves COVID, um, but I've had, you know, really close friends that I've known since middle school, even they lost their parents to COVID, mm. um, you know, and we kind of grew up together or a friend of a friend's mom, or, you know, just, it was always kind of indirectly. So I feel very, 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 you know, blessed and fortunate that I didn't lose anyone directly, but um, it, it was close enough. <laughs> it was definitely close enough yeah yeah
0: yeah
1: yeah and so let me say this one thing that um that I noticed which was a huge issue for our community as Black people is the what COVID did to our grieving process um because you know typically you know we the family gets together you know everyone gets together then we have a wake, and then we have the funeral, then we have the repast, And you know, we're, it's a lot of togetherness. Mm-hmm. And with COVID, you weren't able to do that. So the normal grieving process um, pattern was broken. And I think that that really hurt people emotionally and psychologically, just with the impact and the totality of, all right, so my mom has just passed away. And I don't even have the support or I can't even go, I can't even have a funeral. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause there was many people who weren't even able to funeralize their, their family members. Mm-hmm. Um, they weren't able to say goodbye. People died in hospitals all alone. I mean, all of that to me as a clinician has, you know, was really heavy. It was really heavy just because being able to have the opportunity to go to go through the grieving process is pivotal with someone's ability to, to heal um, and to properly grieve and go through that bereavement. And when that pattern is interrupted, then how does one heal? You know, um, we, we, I mean, I don't know about you, but I I missed the, the church, the church basement fried chicken and, and red juice, mm. uh, the every <laughs> Colonel has. <laughs> and so when you can't have that, you know, something in the psyche, something in your your emotions and your soul just is not right. You know, it's like that period at the end of a sentence, you know, Miss English teacher. Um, So, (laughs) and so so, there's a lot of people still walking around very much incomplete.
0: Yes, that's very true. Because I've spoken to a couple of people who said that they had relatives Died alone in the hospital in early 2020 and they weren't, yeah. funeralized. And just how it's mm-hmm. still, like one of my cousins said she doesn't even think she's even processed it yet because she had to work. She was a mom, she was a wife, right? You know, she just like right. every day you just have to get up and show up. So mm-hmm. that's a good point. Yeah, a lot of us haven't even grieved,
1: yeah, yeah, wow
0: thank you for bringing that up because we forget it feels so long
1: years down line. I'm interested oh. right And it's, it's just been a couple of years and I'm also interested in what the how this is going to affect our our children mm. because it's not normal to be isolated for a year two years I know I know one little girl that was in Charlize's um initially that was in Charlize's uh first grade that's my daughter her first grade class she still hasn't been back to school because her mother's immune um what is that immune compromised Mm -hmm. yeah with lupus so thankfully she has you know siblings Mm -hmm. but she hasn't been to school full term since kindergarten think about that and she's in the third grade going into the fourth grade
0: You know, I wonder about that because I've taught in the fall I was teaching college students all on Zoom and I would Mm -hmm. put them into breakout rooms and I was thinking they would talk to each other, get to know each other or or do the Mm -mm. assignment and then I would pop into the breakout rooms and they would just be not talking and I was like are y'all (laughs) going to talk to each other and they wouldn't talk to me they would type in the chat this is mad awkward and I'm like like it's
1: like they've ceased to speak yes <laughs> yeah. so, but maybe listen Sonya, maybe we'll have another um <laughs> podcast on the, the the lack of social skills
0: mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. whatever
1: generation we're in now what is this gen Y? I don't, I don't know. know i don't know i don't know I, listen i am so lost but in <laughs> these current between the age the, the adolescent and young adult they don't know how to communicate i had the same communi- i had the same conversation a few days ago um, they don't know how to communicate
0: no. so
1: to me and i'm sure to you as well as you see as you see it with your own eyes this this is going to be a problem yes because if you don't know how to talk to people how do how do we do this right right, right. How how do you foster relationships? How do you maintain relationships? How do you even initiate relationships with others?
0: Right?
1: <clears throat> Are you going to have a whole entire marriage via text? Right. I'm. I mean, I've seen it happen. What? On, on 90 day. On 90 day fiance. Oh
0: yes. <laughs> I love that show,
1: <laughs> yes And they <laughs> use because like they people. don't speak the same language. You know, it's but is that that's not sustainable.
0: No, sustainable. Oh my goodness, I can see like the the write that down, girl.
1: That's a topic to revisit. That's a topic to revisit (laughs) because how do you have board meetings? Create policy and procedure. How does a how does a school board meet? How you know what I mean? I could go on and on and on for days, but I see the inadequacy of these of the youth's ability to communicate and to socialize it is it's going to be uh it's gonna be a huge problem.
0: Yes. Wow. We yes we do need to talk about that. For
1: thought. yeah because <laughs> yeah.
0: as soon as you said that you yes I can see these relationships through Google Translate.
1: Yes. Yes. And that's not, listen, sorry to break it to you. I don't know who's listening. It's great to get to to start a relationship like that, but that's not, you cannot sustain a relationship like that. And someone will diff with me and you're entitled to your opinion, but I'm entitled to mine. Mm -hmm. And I just don't think it's sustainable. I really don't. Because once, what if you actually physically get together, procreate, have a child. So what are we doing? Are we, we going to root me? Is that how we communicate as a family? I'm, I'm just saying. So you know, just something to think about.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs>
1: because, because as as a marriage and family therapist, we think systemically. So I'm thinking about not only the 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 initial family. And what that constitutes but also what, what happens if you grow that family what happens with the in-laws and the siblings and it's just yeah I mean what what if I didn't have any social skills I wouldn't know you I would just right. talk to your sister we would have been at the, the same dorm and that would have been it right. and then I would have you know kept myself from you know I know I don't talk to you or Mama Killer very often but you know I love y'all yeah. So, you know, if there's, you know what I mean? I go hard for y'all. If anything, like you're my extended family. Right. You know, it, it just is. Right. And there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> right? <That was> true. <laughs> yeah. Like I tell my mom I was
0: talking to you. She was like, oh, she's staying with us that one week in 2001. And we went to Statue
1: of Liberty. She's like, tell her I said hi. She, yes. Listen, 21 years ago. And she's still Mama Brew. Yes. to yes. me forever and always.
0: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's so true. One we use. We yeah, <laughs> if we didn't have social skills, we probably just wouldn't have talked to each other. No. We would have nope. been on our phones. With cell phones, oh my God, now I feel old, but like we didn't have cell phones like in 2001.
1: <laughs> I did, but I didn't use it a lot. You Listen, did? Because- I was bougie, right? My grand, my grandfather got it for me. Wow! I, because he wanted to keep up with me. But this is when they would charge you for every single text message, or you had to wait until after nine o'clock to get those anytime minutes. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so that's when you called everybody, or you would pick up the phone, or maybe it was seven o'clock. I don't know. I think it changed from you know the, okay. many years ago. They were like. Uh, I'm out of minutes I'll call you right back click yes. <laughs> and then the text message oh my gosh yeah Sprint got me good I owed them like $600 one month because yes. I was just texting and texting and, oh yeah I had to work extra hours for that but yeah I mean wow. these children don't have any idea they have any they have unlimited data mm. unlimited text and talk
0: Wow, that was back when you couldn't send pictures, right? It was just talking text.
1: No, you could send pictures, but like it ate up so much of whatever limits they gave you. You didn't do it. Oh, yeah, I didn't get. it I just, I just felt like I felt like it just wasn't worth it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Oh.
1: Like it wasn't worth it.
0: Well, time... Yes, ma'am. Yeah, I'm curious to see how this generation grows up and forms friendships and relationships. Mm. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to share before we, we end?
1: No, I, I just want to say thank you so much for inviting me for um, to this and giving me this opportunity to talk to my triplet. And, um, <laughs> you know, it's been an honor and a privilege.
0: Thank you. <laughs> so much for your time I, I cannot wait yeah. to have these these recordings submitted to the African American Museum and I hope to have some sort of celebration hopefully by then we'll all be able to meet up in person um, I don't know if yes. in a year but whenever it happens I'd love for us all to get together um, thank you Serena <laughs>
1: absolutely because you have to meet your niece. <laughs>
0: yes i i just see her pictures on facebook like she's a dancer she yes
1: yes she's a she's a trip
0: oh i love it (laughs) it's so amazing that you're a mom like wow
1: i know i'm the only one of us who had a kid
0: yeah brandy had you you knew brandy right
1: Mm-hmm. yeah i'm talking about the triplets
0: oh the triplets <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> no i'm not including anyone else. <laughs> yeah i don't
0: know yeah i as a teacher maybe i'll have to stop teaching in order yeah. for me to have a child because it's a lot of work
1: it's it's a full-time job with mandatory overtime <laughs>
0: mandatory
1: <laughs> and you're working for free it's like the ultimate internship that's yeah. non-paid um and then if you have a little girl that's just like you you know then you're constantly you know in the lower income bracket because mm-hmm. she just she wants everything you have and more uh, so yeah yeah it's a little broke best friend it has an unlimited budget
0: oh I love that you're a mom and you're back in Atlanta wow yeah
1: I'm back here wow Mm.
0: well thank you for your time I hope we can enjoy your your Sunday while she's at her play date
1: girl I have I have client notes to do that's what I'm about to do oh you do yeah it never stops it never stops but this was this was so important so I you know I had to Carve out some time and and then meet with you. This was great.
0: I appreciate that. Thank you, Serena. Well, You're welcome, Sunday, dear. And I'll yeah, I'll be in touch when um hopefully the Smithsonian will accept my recordings like sooner rather than later. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. Have a good all right. Sunday.
1: All right. You too. Take care.
0: Thanks. Bye. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to my interview with my triplet, Serena. And this is my oral history project, Black America and COVID. My name is Sony Jean Killebrew. And if you would like to share your story with me, you can email me and find my email in the show notes of my podcast. You can also record a voice note and email it to me. And the directions to record a voice note are also in my podcast, which is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or on my podcast website. If you Google Black American COVID with Sonia J. Killebrew, hopefully it'll come up. Thank you.